Kumite. It's fucking blood sport. This week on nothing good. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Listen, before I go into the usual intro, this motherfucker proceeds to tell us that this is going to be a long intro. <laughs> We're waiting for it. I went to get a beer. Uh, Does anybody rock just rock out to the theme song like I do for every episode? Like you guys are still getting your business and I'm just, you know, fucking bobbing my head back and forth and just jamming along. It's a banger. Oh, for my sure. God. So, gentlemen, we are here for a very important reason. Um, there are movies that we're going to review, we're going to talk about, we're going to gush over, take apart, pick apart, make on it. But then there's movies like this that is like an accomplishment in cinema. It's an accomplishment like for like actors everywhere. Uh, it's it's a cinematographer's dream. Uh, I think we can all agree that it's one of the greatest movie soundtracks of all time. Fuck yeah. That the acting was something to to believe in, something that you felt that the mm. story had merit and had and had and had gravitas. Mm. You know, it's not every day that we get a chance to sit down and talk about Return of the King, you know? Mm. <laughs> um, I think it's important. <laughs> Wait, what's so bitch. funny? <laughs> <laughs> But we're not talking about Return of the King. I was like, man, all these accolades. You know what? what I'm going to piggyback on that. And I'm just going to go ahead and alienate a large section of our audience. Where I'm going to go right out now and say that, sure, Return of the King has an absurdly larger amount of awards and accolades and made more money at the box office. And more people cosplay as characters from that movie at conventions than they do this one. But um, I don't watch Return of the King once every year just to maintain a healthy erection throughout the remainder of the calendar year. Fuck Return of the King, because this movie is better. Okay? This movie, in every single way, in every single shape and form, and I believe this in my heart, is a better, more enjoyable movie than Return of the King. You want to know? And you know, here, here's here, and this, and this is for Mac, who, because the people aren't watching the video of this right now, is fucking losing his mind. At the concept of this, <laughs> a previous I, conversation we had in our friendship uh, about award show uh, is going to come up here. There are zero best actor winners in the movie Return of the King. Zero. There is one in Bloodsport. There is an Academy Award winner for best actor in Bloodsport. There is more Academy Award winning credential acting in this fucking movie than there is in the entirety of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And you know what I'm going to say? Half of the Harry Potter movies, but not the good half. Um, first, first off, first off. All right. Shots fired. I realized he had to fucking like, go this hard this early. Mm -hmm. um, first thing That's I want to say, I couldn't, <laughs> I, I thought the psychedelics were kicking in way too early for me to hear what Herb and Noah were saying. So <laughs> I was just tripping balls listening to that conversation. Um, 
Kate Blanchett is in the Lord of the Rings movies, and oh, she has you. exactly right. more Academy Awards than um, the actor who is in Bloodsport. So, uh, or at least tied. So at least we'll just I'll, re- I'll, I'll resit le- in that argument. Yes, at least <laughs> yeah, it's at least tied. So because as you're sitting there saying it, I'm like this motherfucker is going to make me go through the Rolodex of what people <laughs> been nominated for from those fucking movies. Oh. Uh, so. Jesus H Christ! I can't. Uh, um, I I I need a I need a minute. I'm just the, ba- the Battle of Helm's well, Deep would have been much shorter if Jean Claude Van Damme was involved. <laughs> that, <laughs> is a, that is a fucking Definitely. fact. He like there wouldn't even listen if Jean Claude Van Damme was fucking sitting there at Helm's Deep. There would have been no fucking men on the wall. There would have been no fucking elves at the wall. It would have just been him in a full fucking split. Just you know, just <laughs> fucking people just in the nuts. doing the thing, just waiting, and the fucking orcs would not have known what to do. They would have had, they would have had no fucking idea what was happening and what they're getting themselves into. Do orcs have nuts? Do like male orcs? Do they have? Do they have cash and prizes? I, first of all, I don't think they're. I I, I'm going to go in and hop that in is here. A great question and a nerd question, and I don't believe they do. Because I don't believe orcs okay. have have a different gender, so I don't believe there's a need for sex organs. I think they're at least the urukai, the the badass orcs introduced at the end of fellowship, are birthed from the earth. Yeah, they're birthed from the ground. Yeah, yeah. So the I dads. don't believe I mean, that there are sex hell. organs. And you can't they tell me fingers. they have toes. You, you can't tell me that the orcs. <laughs> and Lord, we are way off topic already, but you can't <laughs> tell me that the orcs <laughs> in Lord of the Rings with their ravenous thing. Like, could you imagine, like? Like fucking uh, Vigo Mortensen running up after chasing them for a whole movie, would he find anything other than a fucking pile of orcs just fucking each other? So there's a, oh, that is an orc orgy going on. Listen, oh if there's going to be an orc orgy, that definitely would have been two towers in the beginning when fucking <laughs> Mary and Pippin were there were, were kidnapped. Like you know, I'm starving. Mm-hmm. I haven't had anything but measly bread for three stinking days. It's like I need fresh meat, and then they just fucking go right into the the Urukai orc. So wait, what do you even call a group of orcs? Is there like because there's like you know a murder of crows? (laughs) An orgy of orcs. A term for a group? (laughs) I was gonna say is an orgy of orcs. I think I feel like it sounds fitting. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, become a member of the Lord of the Rings wiki just so I can officially put our influence so we can decree now canonically that a large group of orcs is now known as an orgy of orcs. There, and that's the only well, that's going to be on a shirt at orgy, just orgy of orcs. Well, that's going to be the next uh, on the nothing good store. Oh yeah. Orgy yes. of orcs. Visit the nothing good store, because if you don't think when we're done recording this episode, that I'm going to work on that design. You're fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be in the Lord of the, you got to make sure you have like the Lord of the Rings script. Like they used the beginning of the fucking movie when they like drop mm-hmm. the name of it, you know? Um, I feel like there's a, a fucked up subreddit I'm going to go down tonight to try to figure out the answers to this and mm-hmm. more questions. Uh, when you mentioned when you mentioned Wiki, um, when when I was uh, just out of college, um, guys I played hot ice hockey with and everything, our uh, ice hockey team was uh, Donkey Punch, so we did shorten that to D Punch, and uh, somebody did get on Wikipedia. And when you're reading through the definitions of what a donkey punch was, like the third entry was a three-time adult league ice hockey champion in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> that, that at least lasted there for a week before somebody threw it off, but it was still pretty funny. So, Screenshot and it lasts forever. 
yeah. have a question for you gentlemen to kind of rein us back in and i you know i'm a part Bullshit. of the issue here as well but um <clears throat> what are we drinking this fine evening uh, um, uh I, i'll go first uh but we're getting to you matt because it's been a while uh yeah. i'm having myself uh hazy bones by flying fish brewing uh and it's got uh notes of something pineapple and mango uh it's pretty tasty 6.3 percent um I'm enjoying it. It's just nice and light for a beautiful evening that we're we're enjoying right now. Um, Jeff, what you what you drinking, son? I am drinking a Guinness with Ooh, a oh. out of a nitro can, which is kind of cool. It's got like a little nitrous thing that bounces up and down in the can, so it's very fancy smooth, motherfucker. And it's uh, it goes down for down easy for a stout. I like it. <laughs> There's a joke in there somewhere. Yeah. Oh, there was. Yeah. Oh, it goes down so easy. <laughs> Mac, it's been so, a while. It, You're it, no it, longer sickly. Oh, Jesus Christ, guys. What a fucking like, year it's been. Just every just everything's falling apart before I turn 40. Swear to God. Um, so I uh, am drinking Canada's finest Labatt Blue. But there's a story behind this beer. And Jeff is uh, aware of the story. So uh, myself, Jeffrey, and uh, the illustrious, uh, the incomparable, uh, needs no introduction, Gregory Staub, of course. Uh, Gregory Staub. We're at the the Penguin game on uh, uh, Friday night. And um, after the, maybe the first period, Greg just runs to the, um, beer stand and just grabs a couple of beers. So I'm thinking, you know, I grabbed the water. I kind of figured the beer was probably going to be for you, Jeff. Um, motherfucker just kind of forgot he got the other beer. So as we're leaving the arena, the beer was not open. So he decided to carry it, you know, hide it in his pocket and like leave the arena with it. Now, as we knew, Greg had the beer. Uh, they gave out mini sticks as a giveaway of the hockey game. Jeff and I are hacking the shit out of Greg's leg, trying <laughs> to get this beer to explode in his pocket. <laughs> we right? failed. We failed. Oh. However, Jeff, it was a good time, anyways. Jeff, there are fucking dents all over this can <laughs> from <laughs> our from our college try of trying to fuck up Greg as he's leaving the arena. Uh, now, and another great Greg move because he was. I'm not going to say fucked up beyond recognition, but he's usually rather stages of fucked up by the time he gets out of my car. Um, he always leaves something in my car. It could be earbuds. It could be like a pack of cigarettes. It just could be something that he had in his pocket. Um, this time it was a can of fucking beer. So I couldn't give it back to him and it didn't, Jeff didn't want it. So it ended up in my fridge and now it's on the fucking show. So Greg, fuck you, but thank you for the beer. Well, okay. Cheers to I'm that. I'm glad you're doing that long storied beer. <laughs> you took us on a journey, you know Mac. That is, a, that is a $15 Labatt he's drinking right now. Yes. It is a $15 yes. beer. It a, stadium, is. a stadium beer is, yep. yes. it will never be worth whatever you pay for it. That's just a rule. Correct. Um, it is I, today. Well there, well, there it is. Well, I, I decided that because it has been a bit since we've gotten a chance to be together and do the show. And I fucking adore this movie with every goddamn trip of me. And most of the 
late 80s to mid 90s Van Damme action movies that we are undoubtedly going to cover <coughs> over the course of this podcast, which will never die. I am uh, I'm not fucking around. So I am drinking straight Jack Daniels. <laughs> I like That's it. fantastic. That's I am sipping uh, it out of my wonderful cup that I have. Um, it's my 80s cups that I bought from some dead person's estate sale. I'm like, oh, those just look so bad. Okay. So, uh, so whenever I want to feel retro, I put on the Miami Vice soundtrack. I put straight bourbon in a or whiskey in this case in a... Um, 80s glass and I get fucking ready to go just like I'm ready to go for this masterpiece of a movie where frankly if we could just call a spade a spade here uh, nothing really happens in this movie like eight things happen no. in this movie no. and they're all fucking beautiful <laughs> Yeah, so, if you read the entire synopsis of the movie from start to finish it's a paragraph and a half at most that's, <laughs> that's the whole story <laughs> Like the fact that three people were a part of the screenplay and making this fucking thing blew my mind. Well, it's based on a air quotes true story. Yeah, yeah. which was complete bullshit. <laughs> yes, everyone who's ever met Frank Dukes has has mentioned that he was completely full of shit, and uh, you know everything. But the idea is that we we can think that con artist of a person who got a lot of shit made right uh, for bringing. My one of my favorite words into the lexicon of culture, which is kumite. I mean, kumite. yeah, when it's someone's just fun like, to say, I, right? I, 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 so, so in my background, being able to, to work with like wrestlers and 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 knowing people, a lot of wrestlers also train at MMA, they're like, oh, yeah, I, I trained Brazilian jiu jitsu for, for 12 years. I'm like, yeah, you ever compete in kumite? Uh, which always makes them so. really upset, which I don't know why. <laughs> But it's fucking incredible. And here we are. I mean, okay, so yes. first of all, if you are listening to our podcast, first of all, bad decision right out of the mm. gate. Poor decision. You're off to a great start. But you also haven't seen this movie yet. What the fuck are you doing with your time? What are you doing with our time? Living. We're important people. We're drinking, talking about a movie. You need to get on the same level as us. All right. But I mean, this movie was released February 26, 1988. Ooh. Oh, my God, I'm having five years old, man. I, I can tell you the truth. I couldn't even tell you the first time I've seen this movie because it's so ingrained in my like growing up experience. Mm -hmm. uh, my father, uh, which honestly, it, as we've been doing this show, I've become more and more aware just how impactful my father's taste in movies have affected me. Mm -hmm. uh, because Bloodsport, we have on VHS, which he dubbed after he rented it at some stage, like most of the movies that we owned growing up. And I think, I couldn't tell you the year, I'm sure it was after 1988, obviously, but that movie and like Kickboxer, um, oh. they're so intertwined to me because I watched them so many times with my father. Yes! Because my father, behind, behind closed doors, my dad was, before I was born, was an amateur kickboxer. I don't really know how good he was. I'm sure he wasn't amazing, but that's that was one of his things that he did. Uh, First so never say that. That's awesome. Yeah. I never knew that. Uh, yeah, yeah. tell people I, that he may or may not have killed a person with his kickboxing. Well, I know. I mean, I know he did like tournaments and, and things like that. But again, this was like he was in the I, I would tell everyone. Fought in a kumite. Every single person. 
My, it might have my been. father, in fact, did not participate in the Kumite. But you, you don't know. He might have been Frank. We don't. We don't know if he was Frank or not. Jesus Christ! I'm just saying. But nobody has ever seen Herb Jones the second and Frank Dukes in the same place. They haven't at the same they time. Haven't. The There's probably a reason for that because uh, they're two different guys. Uh, but, but so okay, look, Bloodsport is not a good film. Let's just get it out of the way now. Mm. And listen, it fucking too. It is a good film. This movie is acted terribly. It's like a cardboard acting simulator. Like it's terrible, <laughs> hey. but it's so fucking amazing how bad it is. Yeah, like nothing about this movie is actually that good. The soundtrack's fucking terrible. All right. <laughs> We're going to get to that because I got feelings about the fucking music selection here. Uh, but <laughs> since Noah, we're going to start with you because since you feel so strongly about this film. I do. When would you say it's the first time you ever saw it? Okay. So I, I, I do want to say that it was almost, almost certainly uh, when um, around when the movie originally released on VHS or Laserdisc, right? Because again, my father was showing me Jean-Claude Van Damme movies and titty movies way before I, I, I should have which would tell you a lot about me. And this movie was no exception. But I, too, I literally watch this movie every year, okay? Every year I watch this movie. And still to this day, I confuse scenes from this movie and Kickboxer. <laughs> yep. Right? Yep. To the point where I They're refer to movie. both villains as Tong Po, even though that's the villain in <laughs> Kickboxer. All right? I can't. Is this the one with the implied rape scene or the not implied rape scene? All right? Or do they both have rape scenes? I'm never sure until I'm watching the movie. All I know is that in one, it's his brother. And the other one, it's the dude from Revenge of the Nerds. But largely, same kind of... So one knows what he's doing before the start of the movie. And one learns what he's doing as the movie goes on. But ultimately, they all end up in this final fight scene where he does a split, gets blinded, and ultimately wins. And it's fucking incredible. <laughs> Don't change a thing. The fact that he's deviated from that formula for most movies should tell you why, you know, JCVD is where he is now. But that is, I got to say, 89 tops, 90, very tops. Because you're talking about, by 90, Kickboxer was out. So I had to have seen that one mm -hmm. interchangeably with that. We're doing, um, mm -hmm. what was the uh, Hard Target? Where he's he's he, so the guy from Millennium hunts him from sport. The dude from Alien, right, hunts him for sport. And my all time, all time fucking favorite Jean Claude Van Damme movie, which also features the actor that plays the villain, uh, uh, Bolo Young, right? Uh, Double Impact, where you have two Jean Claude. Oh Van man, that movie is so good. It's so, I mean, it's I not great, but it's fucking it's, way to do that movie. Oh. oh my god, we're doing a whole thing. <laughs> we're doing a whole thing, but yeah, so <laughs> the I, trilogy I say, of Jean Claude. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna do them all. Uh, oh, gonna do, I, I would say 89, 90 tops is the first time I saw this movie. Uh, Mac, yeah, how I about think you? I saw, oh, or you okay. know, no, go ahead, no, Mac. No, Whatever. No, I got Jeff. No, <laughs> I was trying to organically say you motherfuckers. Yeah, it's fine. I'm just taking over. I don't fucking care. <laughs> Shit. Uh, I, I think the first time I saw it was also when it first came out on VHS. So, uh, growing up, uh, it was an all male household. My dad was a single dad with me and my two brothers. So we watched a shit ton of 80s action movies. Uh, and this one was no exception. I've seen this movie a ridiculous number of times. I don't remember the first time. Uh, I just know it wasn't the last. <laughs> It'll never be the last. No. <laughs> You're never really done watching Bloodsport. I mean, you just take a break. No, it just keeps going. Yeah. Mac, what Mac. about you? 
Well, you know, I'm kind of like Jeff on this one. I don't have a, like an actual active memory of the first time I, I saw this movie, you know? Um, it's just kind of always been there. So I'm assuming it was probably sometime in uh, probably early 90s. I mean, I, I, wanted, I don't think this was a VHS rental at our house. I think this was an HBO. You know, mm-hmm. it was on HBO one night. So like my brother and I probably stayed up to kind of watch it. Uh, I'm sure this is another one of those movies that my brother's like, you gotta, you, tur- you know, turn off Howard the Duck, and we're gonna watch fucking Bloodsport. <laughs> Shit. So, um, <laughs> both, turn both, off Howard the both Duck. involving. Listen, <laughs> both both movies involving weird sex scenes. You know. Yep. Um, <laughs> there were no but, chewing um, on titties though. Well, no, mm. no. I mean that's Highlander. Mm-mm. Yeah, there were no they, titty chewing that I remember. Listen, they, listen. They had that. They had that market cornered in Highlander. Yeah. I was say, but but everyone probably in the eighties had it like, all right. So they they go back to the place. The hero makes love, chews on a titty, and then they saw Christopher Lambier do it. Like we can never top this titty chewing. That's not even fucking dry. Remember, that was like chewing else. a titty of ages. I yeah. got to throw a salt packet in his eye. Go to a restaurant. Get one of those little salt things. At a Wendy's that you would dump in your pride, throw it in Van Damme's eyes. That'll, that'll chew up our titty chewing time. Yeah, it's um <laughs> but you got some Van Damme ass. In oh Black my Sport. god, unfortunately. <laughs> Full yeah. on butt cheeks. Yeah, it was uh definitely a that was so fucking weird to me. Now, guys, so I wanted to I wanted to ask you guys this because I know that in, in prior episodes we've been covering movies. Um, you guys would, you know, um, often recruit the uh, the women in your life to sit down with you and watch this movie. So mm-hmm. uh, my first question to you all is, did you do that when you guys did your rewatch of Bloodsport? Did you bring Allie or Melissa or Marielle into the fold to watch this as you have with maybe some other movies? First of Absolutely all, not. Uh, my wife has requested. <laughs> yeah, my wife has requested that we not use her uh, her name on this podcast, just so she cannot be associated with it. Well, in shit. Stretch of the imagination. I'm just kidding. She she would never listen to it to know if we did anyway. Uh, no, I, I did not recruit her on this rewatch because I uh, made the mistake of showing. I told you I watch this every year. So one time she watched it with my yearly rewatch. She's like, "What the fuck is this?" And I'm like, "It's fucking blood sport." And you should. You're welcome. I sit there and check it out. And um, she just the whole time. This is the last time she saw it. She shook her head the whole time. I'm like, oh, Forrest Whitaker. He needed the money. I'm like, yeah, he needed the money. He needed the fucking money bad. But uh, what he got out of it was worth so much more. <laughs> uh, so, I, you know, fortunately, yet again, uh, you know, my wife volunteers herself to watch these films. With what me. a trooper. Uh, well, you know, she, well, although she does not actively listen to the show, she is at least interested in the things that we're covering and, and we'll ask questions. So when I go, hey, I'm going to watch a movie, you know, she will be watching. Why are you watching? I go, well, it's going to be for the show. She goes, right, I'll watch it with you. So Beautiful. I get to see. It's awesome. Because it, almost all these films are things she's, she's never seen. seen. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a brand new experience for her every time, which is awesome. It's, it's, it's a really yeah. cool, actually. Um, so, so she was very familiar with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, in Germany, her and her, a couple of her, her friends would watch like some older uh, action films, but she definitely had never seen this because when I mean, this came out the year she was born, uh, 1988. Uh, 
So her opinion, and I'll keep it very brief, um, she was more she was more amused at the ridiculousness of it all. Uh, she didn't dislike it. I don't think she'd go out of her way to watch it ever again, but she didn't come away going, this, this is fucking terrible. She was just like chuckling at it. Like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> like, what is this movie? And I'm like, it's fucking Bloodsport. <laughs> I don't really know what it is either. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, she dug it. How about you? Well, so the reason why I bring this up is that I, I have exactly one note about this movie. <laughs> and um <laughs> I am actually impressed that you have one but something good. I, I have it I have I have exactly I, like three pages. I, I have exactly one note about this movie. Um so Stephanie has kind of picked it and, and and chosen what movies maybe to watch, which ones not to watch. And um she has not watched a lot of 80s movies. Uh I'm not sure what she was. I think they were just in the car all the time going to amusement parks with their family. They did a lot of summer road trips. So I just don't think they were really watching, you Ooh, know, for movies in the eighties. <laughs> so, um, you know, I've been I've been making a point to introduce her to, you know, Predator, Die Hard, Aliens, you know, the 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 great eighties movies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't even really see Star Wars prior to us dating. So, um, so this was the verbatim the actual exchange that happened with me and Stephanie after completing blood sport. So she did sit down to watch this with me. So Dave, the good news is that since we rented this on demand, we can watch it again anytime we want in the next 30 days. Right? No, okay. I know you're on board. All, All right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Do it Stephanie, if I have the choice between watching that movie again, and doing literally anything else. I'm going to do literally anything else. You fucking whore. <laughs> you stupid <laughs> slut. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm, I'm not like, going to you know let I'm... someone sit here and disrespect the good goddamn name of Bloodsport in my presence, okay? Did you... She she gave it the honest. So, so first off, like it was also as as we have mentioned, like halfway through the movie, she's like, "Wait, is that fucking Forrest Whitaker?" <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Yeah, just randomly just gonna drop him in. Um, <laughs> but like the, the whole beginning of the movie when we go to young Frank and whatever that fucking kid was, tra- whatever they were dubbing him into, or whatever accent they tried to get him to use, I don't know what was going on there, but. I never saw Stephanie's face actually go the fuck <laughs> in my life. Like it's stuck. <laughs> she, she couldn't do anything for at least I thought she had a stroke because her face just froze <laughs> with a look of confusion. Like, why did I say yes to this man nine years ago that led me to this moment? Who approved this? What is even questioning all of her life? Question every life choice she ever had because she couldn't quite wrap her head around the fuck was going on in this movie. So you, you, you're clear. And I'm assuming you're talking about uh, the awful, awful young Frank. Uh, oh, dubbing, abs- whatever yeah. that was. I will not be a punching bag anymore. I don't know what the fuck he was. I don't understand <laughs> no. what this nope. was. People got paid for this. Mm-hmm. I, let's, oh, they got paid I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, I hope and- not. 
based on just our experience as friends and recording the Highlander episode, the first thing I thought was, this kid has a learning disability. Yes, <laughs> put him in there. <laughs> like, I would, oh, they put him in there. They, they go to steal the sword, and, and then his friends just leave him there. Well, that's like, he's, leave him. He nope, he's the fall guy. He is yeah. absolutely the fall like, guy. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> that kid when, us like, oh, he's, he's, he's trying so hard. Come stay in my house. Well, this well, is a I, really good opportunity to get into this because I, I'm going to pose this question to you, gentlemen, and, I, and I'm sure you motherfuckers noticed this. Why there's state-sponsored I, child abuse in the first act of this movie? <laughs> no, but that's a good point. A good no, because um, it's it's funny. It happened, and like, if my wife, my she turns and looks at me, and like, I, I don't remember this at all. This, this little motherfucker should just call him Round Eye. Yes. Yes. Well, shit. We're just just right there, aren't we? Alex just goes, Did you say round eye? Yeah. Well, real just straight up. So, called him out on that. So, let me just, let me just, let me hop in here for a second. And let me just tell you that uh, I'm not going to be the one, and as any of our previous movie reviews will tell you, to apologize. For the extremely casual racism in all these movies, <laughs> it's extremely <laughs> casual. So, oh my it's like, god! It's like, like I, I would ask my father, like, was everybody just racist in the eighties and earlier? Like, that's just oh. what it was. Um, and and there are two types of racism in this movie, right? There's there's the forward onto white people racism that you know you get hit with a round eye and all that stuff, and then you're like, oh, so it's just kind of like reverse racist. And then, and then the dude from um, Jackson, the dude from Revenge of the Nerd, shows up. Like, oh no, there's the regular racism, and had to rear its wonderful head in the movie. But no, I uh, I learned from an early age uh, what the the Chinese term for round eye is, guaylo, which I did not know uh, was a bad thing. <laughs> and as a child, <laughs> I used to call people guaylo. <laughs> Because I thought that was like a term uh, of endearment. Good job. Right? He, it's he's, not. It is absolutely not. He said yeah. that. To, he said that to me when I was playing Santa Claus at Toys R Us. <laughs> I didn't know. He's, up, he's like, "What's up, Guilo Claus?" Oh no! So, so no, oh, no, yeah, a lot of they start right out the gate with the racism in this movie. Um, and to my surprise, you know, uh, never, never let off that gas the entire time. Every time he meets a new Asian character, they're racist to him. And then there's a 50, 50 chance that his, that Jackson's racist back to them. So it's like, okay. (laughs) Does it even itself out? I don't know. Only true bigots. Well, what's, what's, uh, (laughs) oh God. But like, like that whole, that whole opening sequence you know, I, I again, I as you mentioned, I have very little recollection of how this movie started. I don't think I've mm-hmm. ever actively remembered the film prior to him getting to Hong Kong, right? Mm-mm. So that was a fucking trip to me at that point watching that. And then, like, it kind of realized that, you know, he tried to steal the sword, but he didn't. He was like trying to put the sword back and everything, and he's kind of the, you know, the the one who got caught. Um, but like the whole deal that he made is like, I won't like get you in trouble, but you're going to be here to be fucking beaten the shit out of by my son. (laughs) 
as he trains for like yep. you're you're gonna be the punching yeah. bag and the kid's like okay yeah okay yeah meanwhile his parents gave zero fucks that he was over no there fucks. just getting his they ass beat every day they i don't i don't think they had the full information Honestly, i don't think though, <laughs> i don't think sensei tanaka a, was really was a upfront about this there for sure nobody really knew what the fuck was going I'm on i'm definitely not abusing your side of my basement <laughs> definitely not not at all no no, no and, no, and I mean, honestly, with the decision making that uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme makes throughout the course of this movie, if you were realizing you were raising that kid, you would be like, oh, yeah, beat the shit out of my kid. He, he might learn him. something. <laughs> uh, so if you just look the at movie it, has zero chill at like at all. It nope. goes from beginning to intro origin and it's like it goes for a while i don't remember the origin tale lasting no. for as no. long as it does mm-hmm. yeah there's Once. a lot of training montage in there no yeah so so that's that's the thing too because you're still getting situated because you haven't got to the to the actual 80s action movie yet right <laughs> so your brain naturally skips ahead to when he shows up in hong kong and does all that shit right but you're like oh it's literally almost a third of this movie is is how they tried to explain that this white guy uh, who's definitely not American, but he's American because it's the 80s and we can't have a protagonist. His name is Frank. Frank. That is the Frank. only fucking Frank. American thing about him. Uh, it, how he, he can legitimately completely compete in a martial arts tournament. They put way too much time in this. Now, I, I say that knowing that seeing the rest of the movie, I'm not sure where else that time could have gone. Like you, you didn't, there was nothing else to really meet out. I mean, you could probably could have per capita more full screen butt cheek. Like <laughs> I did not work hard every day at work to be able to buy a big screen 4k TV to just have Jean-Claude Van Damme's ass up there. Like boom, 4k remaster right on them cheeks. But here we are. Here we are. Yeah, what, what intrigued me was. So you saw him as a kid who could barely speak and just got his ass beat. And somehow this non-American American American Mm -hmm. ended up in some high power position in the military where the rest of the military guys had to go prevent him from fighting in the Kumite because he's so valuable to America, not knowing that he even does martial arts. That's how you know. That's how you know, Frank. That's that's how you know, Frank. Is it do ducks? I mean, Frank do, right? Dukes, like Dukes. 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 Frank Dukes, right? That's how you know the real Frank Dukes was so full of shit when he was getting like people to write this story down. He's like, I want you to know that I was in a military position that was so fucking top secret that I had constant escorts, was followed around everywhere that I went around the world, half the time by Forrest fucking Whitaker. And <laughs> yeah, those those chase sequences, the lazy eye did not play to his advantage. Okay, so that, I'm sorry to interrupt We have to ask the important question at the risk of being completely insensitive, which big fucking surprise. That's where I'm going. Is this the movie <laughs> that cost Forrest Whitaker's lazy eye? Is this when that- he fell off the boat? He fell off the boat. Comes up. We, we can, we can all acknowledge that that Forrest Whitaker is the singular individual in this film who brings some fucking ability on screen. First oh, and he's foremost. the only one who can act. Every, every fucking scene he's in, he's actually kind of fucking believable in the position he's in, considering mm-hmm. the script shit. And more importantly, 
can we all agree that Forrest Whitaker is utterly fucking wasted in this film? Oh, absolutely. It's like, what the fuck are you doing here, man? You, you gotta pay those bills, man. You know, like you gotta. Oh my god! And to answer your question, yes, this has to be the fucking film where he got a fucking lazy eye. Because I'd get a fucking lazy eye with these <laughs> shitty ass Benny Hill chase sequences in this fucking film. Oh, God damn it. No, Benny Hill <laughs> had better Benny Hill was better. Yeah. Yeah. Benny Hill at like, least had better music. like slapstick fucking comedy happening here. They're like, mm-hmm. wait, but I have a theory. I have a theory Do about this whole fucking film. Okay. I have a fucking moment of clarity watching this. Okay. And I'm like, how did I not see this? Probably because I haven't seen this movie in 15 fucking years. Um, so in this film, this guy, Frank Dukes, uh, is some fucking schmuck as a kid. Gets his ass whipped and he gets trained uh, well enough to be split in fucking half and somehow not die. You know, I'm pretty sure it's fucking torture, not a method to train somebody in fucking karate or martial arts. But anyhow, yeah, he joins the military years later, blah, 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 blah. He skips town, goes to fight in this fucking illegal fucking tournament. The government is like, nah, motherfucker, you're way too fucking valuable. They never express why. There's no real context of why he's so fucking special. And they chase this motherfucker. They don't pull guns on him. They use fucking tasers. They don't want to damage him because he's fucking important. Okay? But he's a, clearly he's a bad man. He beats a whole lot of ass. Like, he's damn near untouchable. He's fucking blind. He's beating ass, right? So I'm sitting there, I'm thinking to myself, where have I fucking seen the story before? Or a variation of it? Frank fucking Dukes is the fucking super soldier. He's clearly the original fucking Captain America. <laughs> fucking think about it. Right? Punk ass kid. Trained. Billions of dollars pumped into him. He's so fucking valuable. They don't want to harm him to bring him back. They won't really do much. They just try to stun him to get him. But they can't. He's too fucked. This motherfucker blocked taser shots with a trash can lid. Yeah. Pretty fucking trolls a trash can. Like lid. when they get to the uh when they get to the Kumitse with the Hong Kong police and they just watch him beat the shit out of all the police officers. Yeah. And they're I'm like, oh, we'll, you, we'll catch up with him later. He is he is an original MCU character or something. There's something there. Just, <laughs> That's my you 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 said something in in that that made me realize something that I, I never really quite thought of before. When he was getting split in half, right? Yeah. Um, Master Tanaka was a soldier for Japan in World War II. He was fucking letting out all of his shit on Sean Claude Van Tam yeah, in this that's movie. Not how you train anybody? He's like, I'm gonna go ahead and fucking bend your legs in a direction that they don't bend. Like an action figure bends that way. <laughs> you know, fucking He Man. You know. Uh, works that way but no we're gonna go ahead and make a man do it that way and he's like i'm getting trained and he's like no motherfucker this guy's got a lot of ptsd he's got a lot of ptsd and he's letting it all out you just gave me the visualization of tanaka's in his kitchen shingo's sitting there playing with a stretch armstrong and he sees the legs go all the way up and he's like oh, wow, nice and he goes down where frank is chained in his basement he's like this is your life now um so so dave i'm glad you have one note i have uh many notes about this but i have one repeating note about this movie but before i get to that one word 
note that goes all throughout this movie. I have to let out about something. And it's and it's all because the first act translates. And it actually kind of makes sense about the secret weapon thing, but let me let out about this. So Master Tanaka, uh, Sensei Tanaka, is a master of ninjutsu, right? Which is which is where we're told he's a ninja. Okay. Now, uh, and this this is me in my uh unnecessary uh love of of asian movies ninjutsu is not a fucking traditional discipline it's not like karate or jujitsu or even krav maga that the israelis do it, it, it ninjutsu is espionage it's what you do once you're already trained in a martial arts discipline that you do to make it dangerous it is literally like stealth and espionage which makes sense to why the u.s government's like oh shit it's a white ninja we gotta we gotta protect this guy at all costs <laughs> But no one goes, right. I, I need to be a master of ninjutsu. You don't, it's not something you teach. You teach a different discipline to somebody. So Frank Dukes is trying to tell somebody, I'm sure, in the concept of the story and what eventually became the script of this, that he's a fucking ninja. Which leads me to my one word that appears through every time I made notes about this movie. And that word, of course, is cocaine. <laughs> the amount of cocaine involved in this entire concept of this movie, from the first time it was told to somebody until the last day of production, until the last day of <laughs> editing this, and at the entire premiere, and probably for years afterward, is, of course, fucking cocaine. It's the only way I can explain this. How many lines of cocaine do you think were done off of the VHS box of, of Bloodsport? And my answer would be probably not enough. <laughs> Some are still as, as you as you keep talking about this movie, I just keep more and more in my mind that Frank was just so full of shit mm-hmm. that just every single thing that he taught that he he just made all of this up because like I just keep thinking back to some of the things about this movie that don't make any sense whatsoever. Um, the fact that he's incorrectly using the term you know ninjutsu as his discipline, mm-hmm. you know the fact that a reporter's like listen. I got nothing to do tonight. I just met you yesterday. I'll fuck you if you go ahead and get me into this tournament. So he fucks her and goes, I'm not going to get you into this tournament. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, the dick was so good that Brother. I'm all right with it. I'll see you later tonight. Dude, I 100% wrote a note down here. Like, her reaction after they boned and there was titty chewing. It was, I mean, it, well, you didn't see nah, it, nah, but nah, the nah, shit nah. was implied. It was there. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely happened. It was the 80s. It definitely it happened. Was definitely, it, yeah, people, you didn't see it, but it was implied. People people stopped titty chewing in the 90s, but in the 80s, that's what you fucking did. Grunge um, killed titty chewing. You know? Meanwhile, yes. Nirvana so, killed titty chewing. Yeah, they went straight to ass eating after that. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> yes, clearly. Frank, um, Frank Dukes' ass had like the fourth my god. <laughs> fucking you know what, though, I'm the gonna fourth go. fastest knockout in Kumite history. <laughs> so I'm pretty confident when they bowed and her reaction, oh, she became like vastly more invested in what he did directly after, you know, getting biblical and shit. <laughs> I wrote in my notes, he clearly came inside of her. That's what I, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other reason why she wouldn't be so I, I also, 
fuck off, Terrence. I can I can uh, I read can I read my sub note yeah, to this? Please. So uh, I please, typed yes. I, I typed in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> he totally came inside her. <laughs> and, and then I had a moment of clarity. Uh, I paused the movie and I wrote a note to myself that said, I can't believe we've been doing the podcast this long and you've never written he came inside of her. <laughs> what took you so long? So I'm yelling at myself now in the notes. But he absolutely did. She's like, shit, this is that's my baby daddy now. Yeah. Like, she is she is completely invested. But I, oh I think more importantly, how their relationship started. Basically, yeah. him winning her in a bet and her still yeah. going along with him. And she's what like, oh, he said I have nice legs. And he's it, like, oh, he was it, right. It was that, it was that or the or the gangbang, you know, that was about to happen there too. It's like, <laughs> no, nothing good I'm was going, about to happen to that one. Nothing good. Mm-mm. I, I like that the fucking dude. I, I don't have his name right now. The the um, the character. I don't even know if the character has a name. But I or like the main villain. Goes, well, not the no, no. It wasn't. No. Uh, it wasn't Chong Lee. It was the dude who had like the silver tooth. Oh, that, that, I just that, silver that, tooth, he, yeah. that he ultimately knocked out. Just called silver tooth. <laughs> to silver. It's not saber tooth, but it's silver tooth. Silver tooth. Where where like fucking um you know Jackson and Frank walk in, and she's like no. I'm not going to get raped by you. And they're like, excuse me, is something going on here? And he's like, yes, I'm about to rape this woman. Do you mind? <laughs> I don't know and how things like, fly at Hong Kong. But. And they're like, they're like, I don't, I don't know about you, but at where we're from, rape is not frowned upon, but it's not really exact. But this was the 80s. So, you yeah. know, everything was fucking going on at that point. And, and he's like, and he's like, no, um, we're all going to rape her. So why don't you guys just move along? Or if you want to get in, you know, we could all. But like, like that was the whole fucking thing. It's yeah, like, there, right, there was that just... awkward exchange. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you, you he's also... like, how about he's like, so here's the thing. He's like, how about I got John Claude's like, I got an idea. How about you don't rape her? <laughs> if if you can keep this quarter out of my hand and there's some reason that dude's logic's like am i gonna rape her or nope you're a fucking shiny quarter i'm in let's go you know <laughs> it's the, the logic for the it's villain it's, it's it is completely absurd but there's ult- no way a guy who's full of shit doesn't tell that to his friends when he comes back from Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this story does reek of bullshit <laughs> oh my oh. god it's one of those things where I bet you normally like when someone tells someone uh, based on a true story, right? And they're like, okay, well, we got to flesh this out and make this more dramatic. Bet you the screenwriter, uh, Sheldon something. I don't know. I have it. I have it further in my notes. I've moved past it already at this point. Uh, <laughs> it's like, no, we, we got it. We got to take some of this shit out. <laughs> Frank's like, at some point, uh, <laughs> the toxic Avenger shows up. And there were robots. <laughs> and I'm Dude, the whole reason why Britain seceded Hong Kong. And he actually, now that I'm thinking about it, he probably told the plot of at least three different Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. And they just decided to slice them up and, and go. Well, he he was a part of the 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 what the fuck was it called? The not the journey. Uh fuck. The Jean-Claude the movie that came out. The quest. The quest. He's a part of that. The, yeah. the, the, the script yeah. for that. Yeah. He went back and worked. That's based on another yeah. one of his fucking stories, his yep. life moments. 
what Frank Duke? Holy shit! Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, well, yeah. So, so, so I don't want to get off on a Jean Claude Van Damme tangent, tangent. So I'll just Too shorten late. it here. But um, so Van Damme saw the. I mean, personally, I think he personally peaked with Time Cop, which is a fucking incredible movie that I cannot fucking wait to see. But then um, after Time Cop, he did the movie with with um, uh, Dennis Rodman. Uh, which the name of which escapes me, which did great, but he was worried that his his box office were declining, so he went back to Frank Dukes, and and got and bought another. He personally bought the screen. <laughs> I don't know. I just Frank Dukes is sitting in a, in like a on a, a throne, heading a cat. <laughs> Here's the thing that fucking amazes me. Be back. The screenplay to the quest was written by Frank Dukes. Okay, was written by right. him, and then they hired. And the and the only wise decision that Jean Claude Van Damme has ever made in his life, he hired someone to rewrite the script because I still wish we could have seen the original, the original titty chopping rough draft of the Gillespie <laughs> film. Uh, but the that's when Frank that, Dukes that's is God, and so he goes to Frank Dukes to resurrect his career to stop it from failing, and it ends up bombing so bad that it's the thing that that killed Jean-Claude Van Damme's career. So what gave him birth from the womb of Dukes, he emerged. <laughs> and then at the end, he was shoved right back in there like an unwanted fetus. <sighs> so here we are, though. So I, I want to I don't want to dwell too much because there's really not much to talk about in the movie. For the people that haven't seen it, this this uh, mentally disabled, non-American American kid gets abused by a Japanese man. Uh, then the Japanese man's son dies. Uh, and so he decides to take on the, uh, the the mentally disabled person as his son, but also train him and still abuse him. He goes to the army. He goes AWOL to fight in the Kumite, the legendary martial arts tournament, which, by the way, how shitty of a of a secret is it that the dumbest reporter in the history of mankind stumbles upon <laughs> the entrance to the Kumite? Like She's like, I know it's around here somewhere. It's going to be alone. But anyway, and it's about oh him God. fighting in the Kumite. Um, yeah. the Kumite I wanna... For those who yeah. don't know, it's basically the Asian Fight Club. But yes. everybody talks about it. The legendary. Yeah. yeah. And everybody knows everything about it. So so I, I don't want to fast forward here too much, but there's that Jesus, great. I do. <laughs> there, there's that great fucking credits right at the end where they talk about the stats, right? So, oh, yeah. you know. Well, guys, we just covered Mortal Kombat like not too long ago, yes. right? <laughs> and when you think Mortal Kombat, even if you're playing the video game or anything, right? Liu Kang goes through eight guys before he fights Goro and then nine when he gets to Shang Tsung, right? So we're watching the Kumite and, you know, we're, we, we've got the we've got every close up punch that draws blood, which I think was basically all Frank Duke said. He's like, listen, every time I punch them, they bled. So make sure you put that in the movie. And like, so you're like, oh, well, you know, he, it's a tournament, you know, even if you're thinking fucking karate kid rules, there's what, 40 people in this thing, max, it's the greatest warriors in the world. No, in the end credits, he goes in one tournament, he killed, he fought and defeated 359 people. And I'm like, (laughs) what kind of fucking tournament was this? That there is like eight hundred people in this fucking tournament. It's like and it's it like, like playing Halo as as a teenager. Like you just keep playing until you lose. Like <laughs> past the sticks. That's right. Oh uh, Jesus Christ! And no. it's like it's like what the, like how much of a fucking secret was this? Like, you don't go to you don't invite 
everybody in your class to your fucking birthday party. You leave a few invitations out, but no, they didn't. And yet they had the fucking audacity to look at him and go, you fucking white man from America. There's 799 people in here, but you don't have an invitation. Your last name is not Tanaka. He's like, watch me break this. Oh my God, I forgot about that. The br- oh, that's like one of the best sequences in the whole fucking movie. It's so fucking bananas. Which fucking break do you want to break? No, 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 no. The bottom. I'm gonna one. do this one. No, the bottom. He's That's like, again okay. how you know Frank Dukes is full of shit. He's like, so I went up there, right? And I just <laughs> they, said the right up there. they said the top brick, and it's like, no, the bottom one. He's like, fuck it, got this. <laughs> Hold <laughs> my beer, motherfucker. <laughs> Jackson would have drank it if he did. <laughs> yeah. So wait, okay, whole well, wait, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Well, this is why I didn't make any notes. There's no points. So okay, brother, we, this is chock full of notes. So you brought up a name. We've mentioned his name a few times, uh, and his is super important to this whole fucking story for some fucking reason. And we're gonna we're gonna dip into the my wife's point of view, which I mean, the best part. Listen, the best part about watching movies like this with your significant other, especially if it's not really their jam normally or if they've never seen it before, there are details and fucking things that maybe you never notice. And you're like, oh shit, you're right. You know, write that shit down. Or shit that you were thinking didn't have the nerve to say out loud, but they do. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, sitting, I'm sitting there watching the movie. We're probably at well over 40 minutes in. And we're at the point now where Jackson and Frank are getting into like the tournament the first time we're entering the fucking building now or the underground fucking temple, whatever the fuck it is. At this point now, Frank and Jackson have known each other for what seems to be a few hours, right? Not a long time. Nope. I don't know about you motherfuckers. When I meet people, especially if I didn't like them initially for whatever reason, Especially if they seem like they're dickheads initially. I don't. <clears throat> she turns to me, my wife, and all three of you guys know my wife, know her voice, or how she talks, and her. She turns to me. She's sitting on the love sack. And I'm sitting on the couch. She just turns to me and just goes, "Really, are touching each other a lot, aren't they?" And they were. They were very handsy. Yeah. But. <laughs> Oh, I they mean, fucking. Yeah. They fucking. <laughs> Listen. And I'm like, well, yeah. And, and then throughout the rest of the film, she would just go, they, they really seem to be really into each other. I'm like, oh, this is a fucking romance. It, it, it ends in a kiss in the hospital at the end. That's, it really yeah, got fucking is. weird. <laughs> Listen. <clears throat> Real nothing, weird. Nothing bonds two men more, <laughs> nothing brings you closer. Then when you're sitting on a double decker bus and watch another, watch the only other fucking American in Hong Kong get on said bus with a beer, basically looking at this Asian woman who's like, you know, probably going to rape you later. (laughs) So, and just like six sits down and just drops sexual assault. And you look at that man and instead of stopping him, which he really doesn't fucking do. Nope. He just becomes his best friend. What the fuck? Like, I, there's there's so much to that entire scene with Jackson fetishizing Asian women, which is a whole conversation for another time. Yeah, it's a whole. Thing. Um, 
that. But what really bonds them, Mac, and I'll see, I'll see your verbal. I know, you're, I know uh, you're going with assault. this. I know where you're going with this. Nothing bonds two people than like karate champions <laughs> and like seven dollars and quarters. <laughs> right? Look, there is there is like a weird relationship bonding experience that I'm firmly convinced. And hey, look. And if they're fucking, they're fucking. I don't give a shit. Call it out then at that point. Listen, like, it was like, no, he said, there's some cocaine. Shit got weird in 1988 or whatever year the movie's mm-hmm. supposed to take place. Right? So it's just it, that I didn't realize how much of a fucking bromance this film was. And it really is. It really <clears throat> is a story about two guys loving each other. I. And and that brings it's like it's like it's like Lord of the Rings, but the undertones were much more subtle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I never I never like I didn't realize that like a fucking quarter was gonna be like the fifth star of this movie, like right <laughs> above Forrest Whitaker. There's so much fucking happened in that movie because of a goddamn coin. Mm-hmm. Um it's oh my god. Um but yeah. But here's the other thing too. Jean Claude's like, I've never played this game before, and then I'm gonna fucking own you, right? He just beats his ass. <laughs> Jones Jones will tell you from from personal experience. There's never been a time that I jumped into a game well after him and Steinberg have been playing and been the best one. <laughs> That's usually not how that shit works. You know how that shit works, Dave. You go on ahead, and we'll be right behind you. <laughs> no, I. Uh, oh shit. No, so I, I, you know, obviously I haven't in my notes. Excuse me, that they're fucking and um, <laughs> casually. Yeah, did he? Yeah. Did and he come inside Jackson? No, yeah, he's a power he, bottom. So, so, so here's here's my thought: is that you have to wrap your head around. I've given I've given significant thought to this. So, excuse me, around the the, the concept of the fragile '80s male masculinity. Because if you think about the market, the target audience for this film, right? Clearly, even though there are significantly more Jean-Claude Van Damme butt cheeks in this movie than in the Bridges of Madison County, this isn't geared towards a female demographic, okay? This movie isn't going to be nominated. You're not going to see an ad for Bloodsport for your consideration, right? Like, no one's putting this out in variety that this is an Oscar contender. So this has to appeal to the male ego that at that time still went and saw movies in droves just because they were badass action movies and they could live vicariously. And so you have to basically... I understand like what the eighties male psyche was. They wanted to fight everything. They had no uh, problems with basically implying rape as a casual concept uh, and and a constructive way to end an argument. And also uh, that they desperately wanted to fuck their best friends at any moment in time. And this movie's plot makes a lot more sense. If you just add one thing, every time that the scene ends with Jackson and Frank looking at each other, which it does, if I my notes are correct, six times. If you just close your eyes, and after the, the scene cuts, you just hear zip, and then like they just jack each other off real fast. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> just a, just a couple of I mean, strokes, hey, just to keep it Frank, real, just to keep loose. I mean, listen, Frank, how are you going to keep, keep loose? How kumite is a very tense thing. You need how are you going to defeat three hundred and fifty nine dudes? Without someone jacking you off in between the <laughs> and defeated. Like, all right, but like, oh. all right, I'm ready. <laughs> and you know, you know, it's really fucking funny. Is I'm watching this movie, right? 
um after the whole like the 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 sex scene we knew about not the not the ones that were implied (laughs) but like i look over at steph and i'm like he wouldn't fuck during the middle of kumite it's like you're not gonna you're not gonna weaken your legs like that. <laughs> That's right. Just no fuck. So you fuck fuck, fucking Mickey said it to Rocky. You can't do it, man. Women weaken legs. And then he's sitting here fucking ass cheeks all over the place, mm-hmm. right? And she's just Rolling laying butts. there like she's like, so you so now that I like I fucked you, are you gonna like push my career forward? And because I'll do anything for this story. And he's like, uh, no. And then he just fucking goes. <laughs> then he goes to Jackson's room. New and phone. Goes, and, then I, and then I fucking told her, no. Well, I assume because the same day she shows up at the Kumite with the rich guy. Yeah. And she said multiple times she would do anything for the story. She was also oh, fucking she, that guy. Oh, oh yeah. for sure she was fucking that guy. <laughs> that's that's why Duke's left her behind. Like he was just like, see you when he got on the plane and just left that bitch on the bus. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that my wife also went. So she <laughs> she at the movie's ending and she. That's the thing. That's the thing that like blew her mind. It's a, like it's he's ridiculous. on the plane. He's like waving at her, yeah. and she just goes. So he's just fucking leaving. That's it. I'm like, yeah. She's like, he's just leaving her there, and I'm like, well, yeah. But they were like, hey, listen, they fucked. It was a one-time thing, obviously. I'm sure Jackson's on the plane. <laughs> no. no, Jackson stays but behind like, too. He leaves Jackson there too. Everyone he fucks in this movie. Uh, yeah, Jackson's not out of the hospital yet. Yeah, Jackson's right. not out of the hospital yet. He's he's healing from that kiss on the forehead. Yeah, there's a, there's he's a kiss. Going, he's flying back to fuck Tanaka's wife next. <laughs> Listen, there were some eyes being given there. Listen, she's holding his hand in a very specific. Oh, way. She, he's going to unsheath that katana as soon as he walks up to that front door. <laughs> They uh, never say what uh, Master T- Sensei Tanaka is uh, ill from. He's just—I feel like he was hungover, most likely. It, it's because <laughs> it's because there was no Ooh, real Tanaka. None of this is real, and he couldn't come up with any fucking reason he was sick. He's that guy. Something. Yeah, dude has a lot. That guy who was in all those old samurai movies. Let's have him be my sensei. Matt, so, you you brought something up, and I and I want to ask all you guys this question because uh, I thought about it when it happened, but I was like watching movies, so I didn't want to look it up, and then I forgot to look it up. So I feel like Noah will answer this question probably first. So <laughs> speaking of Jackson and Matthew brought up Rocky, we don't talk about that scene, right? Where uh, Bolo curb stomps my man Jackson. And there's like, you know, the moment, you know, and Jean-Claude's looking at him. And I said, what happened first? Rocky four or this film? Rocky four. Who copied who? God damn it. Rocky four happened first. But, so this movie uh, clearly copied Rocky four. Yep. Because that was the fucking scene. That was Apollo. Oh, yeah, oh, it was, was absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Going, what the fuck is this? I feel like I've seen this movie before because when because when when Frank W. Dukes sat down with Sheldon Livich, Christopher Cosby and Mel Friedman (laughs) and he was describing this part of the Kumite, he just fucking watched Rocky Four before hopping hopping in the cab to get over there. Two buses in a cab because this motherfucker doesn't have a car. Rocky Four came out in 85. So three years before Bloodsport. A hundred percent. They stole that shit. That was oh yeah, this same fucking I mean, scene. Oh my fucking god, Rocky Four ended the Cold War. So I mean, you're gonna lift everything oh, right. to this to this fucking uh, movie you can. But yeah, so I mean, let's let's um let, let's not dwell too too much further into the the fucking uh, nuts and bolts or the the Frank's nuts 
and Jackson's bolts, as it were, basically to just kind of sum it up. He shows up, uh, by the way, I got a sidebar immediately uh, by going AWOL from the government. That's a felony. Then he flees yeah. being arrested. That's a second felony. It's a country. Then then when uh, Forrest Whitaker and the unnamed white guy whose name I've all these years refused to, to try to remember, uh, also get uh, beat up by Jean-Claude Van Damme. That's a felony. Right. Uh, so he's if I am very surprised that he's not going back to the United States to go to jail. But no, because he's a, the American ninja Frank Dukes. He's going to go I'm back and soldier, man. And, and ja- I'm he's probably just going to go jack off Forrest Whitaker on the plane. It's <laughs> a long flight from Hong Kong to LA. You got to stay loose, man. You got to stay loose. Listen, listen. Can, can, can we throw? Can we throw a little love? Can we throw a little yeah, love at this man. movie for a fucking second? I where I love this movie. Yeah. Frank Dukes gets away from the fucking military off of a military base by leaving the fucking hot water on the shower. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he fucking got out. He's like, I know. I'm going to turn all three of them on because, you know, that makes a lot of sense. One for each leg of my split because that's how I shower. (laughs) And then the dude's like, you know, he's been in there for a long time. He's been in for an hour and a half. And he fucking looks. And apparently it's just one guy guarding the door. (laughs) And, And next thing you know, Frank's in fucking Hong Kong. Like how long was that shower on? Did the guy was the guy sitting there? Was the guy sitting there for fourteen hours and just going? He's got to be out of hot water by now. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. I, I, I never really thought about that. Like the whole time, I never thought about playing the two scenes back to back as if one happens right at the end of the other. <laughs> I just imagine the military guy's like, he's really soaping that ass. <laughs> hey, you need a hand in there? No? Okay. <laughs> they don't pay me to ask questions, man. Not soaping that ass. but uh, So anyway, to the point of the movie, guy goes to the Kumite. They don't let him in. He's got to do the dim mock, which is the touch of death. Which, if you've ever seen a Kurosawa movie, it's not in there. It's fucking horseshit, right? But Dimmock <laughs> is the legendary, uh, as referenced in Kill Bill, the, the, the five points heart touch to touch somebody in one spot and kill them at another, right? Which it seems like a complete waste of use. Like, oh, by the way, because that's like your finisher, right? As like a as like a martial arts fighter. It's like, oh, yeah, if you remember the Tanaka clan, fucking explode this brick. It's like, that's kind of a kind of a waste but there we see at that moment in time we see our villain who is a legit heel chong lee in that scene and he's like very good but the brick doesn't fight back and it's like you know that that guy is dry like he's like i see him at a home depot punching bricks it's like come on you pussy That's a scary looking dude, though. Chong Lee is the he's a legit badass. Yeah, but he plays the same like badass villain in everything he's ever been in, for sure. Yeah, but I mean, can I mean, you imagine him? He being fits the a part, guy. <laughs> yeah, right. He's just he's menacing. <laughs> yeah, he murders people. He's the reigning champ. Puts Jackson in the hospital. He curb stomps him. 
He knows his, his times. His his like his like pectoral muscles look like fucking plates that you put on the bar at the gym. Like they're um <laughs> they're um, like they like if you put fucking Luke Kang right. I hope your mom's listening to this. <laughs> and you want to go ahead and put Luke Kang's nipples up against his. Luke Kang's nipples don't have a fucking chance. Well, Luke Kang had a lot of nipples, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he had uh, wide nipples that his pants covered seven of the ten nipples on his body. <laughs> um, but I mean, Chong Lee is like, first of all, like, like totes legit, right? I mean, he he appears in Double Impact later, which I swear to God we're going to do. If it's the last thing I ever do in my life, we're going to cover that movie. But this uh, the the actor Bolo who played him um, was in a Bruce Lee movie. He fought Bruce Lee. So like we 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 decry the acting in here, but the martial arts in this movie, to be complimented for a minute, is is awesome. It is legit to a certain extent. It's hokey when it's when it's not like Jean Claude versus versus Chong Li, right? Or it's like an exhibition thing. But you do have capable people in this movie. But ultimately, we all know what's going to happen. He curb stomps the shit out of the the only other white guy in the tournament, right? And and Jean Claude Van Damme goes to the hospital. Jacks off Jackson. Oh my god! <laughs> I just put the two together, <laughs> and Frank Duke's just like, yeah, this guy that I totally didn't. Jack Jackson was his name. Jacks definitely was his name, um, and he swears to get revenge for him. Uh, and so basically, all the other horseshit in the movie is he isn't he? Are they? Aren't they? Are they gonna let him fight? It gets to our climactic fight in the movie. Well, in which case, you know, I mean, like, what, 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 what else can you? Say? It's th- that uh, there's no other parts of this movie that you remember. I think everybody at least knows one frame of the final fight from Bloodsport, right? Like they know it, they could picture it in their mind, right? Yeah, it's oh. been it's been gift so many times, <laughs> so many options mm-hmm. from that fight alone. There was such a ridiculous amount of slow mo <laughs> used in in the most ridiculous oh points <laughs> of that fight. The absurdity is just, it's insane. But we got to see his blindfold training abuse as a child finally pay off (laughs) all those years later. Yeah. Do you realize like in the blindfold training as a child, 80% of it was him fucking serving them dinner. Like after they spent like 17 hours beating the shit out of him mercilessly. (laughs) Um, Oh my God. Listen, before we even talk about that final battle and everything, we have to talk about something this movie did. That is so fucking quintessential 80s. That 80s so hard, this fucking movie. And that is after day two of Kumite, right? Jackson's in the hospital. Uh, His fucking woman is trying to get him out of the Kumite because she's afraid he's going to get hurt. She's going to the military. Be like, I know. The woman that he met yesterday. Well, well, hold on. And then we get to that fucking scene where Frank Dukes is on the bus going up the mountain. And it's the fucking, it's he's watching his reflection. And it's the fucking quintessential 80s montage moment where he realizes his best friend that he met two fucking days ago is dying in the hospital. And his fucking woman who he met two days ago and impregnated yesterday (laughs) is really angry at him and he just doesn't know what to do it is so much emotion in this 80s movie in this 80s movie that he has to go to the top of hong kong 
and do a fucking split at the temple. <laughs> <laughs> that was so fucking 80s. Like fucking, I, you know, um, it was like fucking Miami Vice just rolled up to my house in a boat and just fucking slapped me in the face with the Ghostbusters like proton pack. That was so fucking 80s. But the music yeah. is what sold it. Oh, oh my God. God. music is fantastic in that sequence. Oh, my God. You, not, you can't be serious, right? No. <laughs> it was, none, no none of the music fit in any of the scenes. That no. Music. <laughs> none of them. Let me fucking tell you. I actually, I never write about music in my notes because it's like whatever. Usually people do their job right. And I don't have to. But motherfucking Paul Herzog and Stan Bush, you motherfuckers know what you fucking <laughs> did. All right. And I specifically wrote about this uh. fucking scene that you seem to like so much, Mac. That the fucking the 80s music selection during the introspective montage is fucking suspect at best. <laughs> oh. It is laughably fucking bad. And it doesn't even it doesn't fit anything that's happening that you're nope. seeing. It's like cocaine, let's make some music. That's exactly <laughs> you, what fucking happened. Do you know what it was missing? Do you know why it was yep. that way? Yep. Noah? Sexy saxophone. It. Fucking sexy, sexy saxophone. saxophone. It did not even, have that fucking sound. There was ever a time in the movie history that needed sexy oh 80s saxophone. God. It was the fucking introspective splits on top of Hong Kong. <laughs> and we didn't fucking get it. It's like it's a, it's cocaine. I'm telling you, the whole thing is cocaine. I mean, like uh, we're, we're and Frank, when this never really happened to Frank Dukes, he fucking played Ninja Gaiden on his Nintendo and did Coke for 48 hours. And this is the experience. <laughs> I can just imagine the music producer is like, okay, here's that scene. So let's get the saxophone. I'm like, I got an idea. All right. Instead of playing it, let's fuck it. Let's put a microphone up. <laughs> you blow in the one end. I'll fuck the other end. We'll record. Roll tape. I got an idea. <laughs> That's it. Brilliant. Ah, uh, no. But I mean, look again, and I'm, I'm, I know it's, I'm harking on it, but I mean, the, the entire iconic final scene of this movie, every close up of Jean Claude Van Damme's face is if cocaine was a person. The expression so- in every shot was, it made zero sense. Like, they- who makes those faces while they're fighting? I, I still to unless this day you're maintain. on a shit ton of cocaine. Yes, oh I maintain God. to this day that they wrote the salt in the eyes after and they filmed it because they realized that he was just so cooked out that he blinded himself <laughs> while the sequence of the movie. <laughs> he was yeah. blinded by cocaine. Yeah. And, like, so, and then he just catering. starts yelling. That's all it was. So you know, I can imagine Newt Arnold, right? The director of this movie, it's like, all right, listen, guys, listen, listen. I got an idea. All right. So we're going to go ahead and get a slow-mo of fucking Jean-Claude Van Damme in this movie. And we're just going to give him a shit ton of cocaine. Just as much cocaine as we can fucking give him. And <laughs> so, so much cocaine just that, it's gonna, his that his nose is going to start bleeding, but we're just not going to tell him. <laughs> and then we're just going to we're going to fucking tell him that that Jackson's cheating on him so he can just oh go ah. <laughs> like we at, at Penguin Games this is what I wanted to say at the beginning and I was like I'm going to save it for this point 
there is a thing that they do at Penguin Games to get the crowd fucking jacked up, like right before, like in the third period with like three minutes to go in the game, the Pens are down by one. And like they're about to pull the goalie, they do that thing in blood sport after the coke got thrown in his yeah, eyes and he pulls and fucking his hands away from pulls okay. his hands, yeah. and they go they crowd yell in three, two, one, and then it's just ah, <laughs> I fucking mark so hard every fucking time we do that, and that was my proudest moment watching this movie with Stephanie. It's like, listen, you remember that scene? You remember every time we see the fucking Jean Claude Van Damme at the Penguin game? This is where it's from. <laughs> it's That's awesome, cute. classic. But he he beats the heel Chong Lee, blinded by pure co- pure cocaine rage. He defeats him. Pure Peru. Oh, pure Peruvian's best man. Yeah, <laughs> like right there. So. Uh, and then ultimately, as we as we alluded to, he wins the Kumite. He basically wins nothing for the Kumite. <laughs> <laughs> just bragging rights. That's oh, it. Just, yeah. just, oh, just, can, 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 can we also take a moment here when he's like, this is like a fucking ancient, like Chinese fight club that has been along for centuries. Like this is going back to like the dawn of the samurai. That this whole fucking thing, which isn't even the same culture, just stay with nope. me on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so my <laughs> my apologies for my cultural inappropriation. Um, but like at this version of the Kumite, they're like, we would like to go ahead and thank, you know, the generations of families that fight in this tournament and our sponsor. Omaha Steaks. <laughs> <laughs> because they're like, yeah, this this thing is like fought by blah 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 and the international fighting institute i'm like it's fucking co-sponsored you really need to co-sponsor this thing but uh, I, I just have a note here that john clock what we don't see is he wins the kumite and the cocaine is just he's just pure cocaine at this point like he's just pure <laughs> cocaine energy and they come up to him and he's like i won the kumite what do i win he's like they, they hold his hands and they're like the real prize is the friendships you make along the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the oh, real prize man. of the Kumite. Have have you guys seen The Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah. You know that scene yeah. in The Wolf of Wall Street where like Jonah Hill, they're both like fucking tripping on loots. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Jonah Hill answers the phone and he's talking to the fucking on the phone that it's wiretapped and everything. And he like chokes on like a piece of ham (laughs) and fucking Leonardo DiCaprio, who's so who's so fucked up on lewds, like crawls into the room and his wife screaming, you got to fucking help him, Jordan. And he's watching the TV and he sees Popeye with spinach and he fucking grabs the like the gram, like the fucking brick of cocaine that he has (laughs) in his kitchen and fucking just snorts it like it's fucking and he just like levels up. (laughs) That's what that's what Jean, that's what Frank Dukes won. From the Kumite, he won a year's supply of that. Well, probably five years, so he can be ready to go for the next one. <laughs> five years That's supply right. of cocaine done in one hour in a bathroom. So, <laughs> off, off a little bit of a meta off of the future blood sport VHS cover. But we get to the end of the movie, and he fucking bails out. He leaves Jackson and Janice sitting there as he goes back to America with Forrest Whitaker and White Dude. And that's how the movie ends. Well, I mean, we get the, his fucking his career stats at the end of it as well, which is Again. just like 
did we really need <laughs> an extra little bow on the end of this? <laughs> Just like it's more yes. cocaine. Someone's like, how many guys should we say he beat? <laughs> 359 <laughs> one for almost every day of the year but he like you you passover like you realize that if he beat 359 people in like one tournament or something like they said that there had to have been like 17,000 people in that tournament <laughs> how fucking exclusive was it right it's incredible it's incredible oh my god uh, not, not as incredible as the pure 80s fashion choices like when they're showing the stats, mm. it's just Jean-Claude wearing khaki dress pants and loafers and a black wife beater and a yellow like suit jacket, <laughs> which is Jesus. also what he wore in the chase scene throughout all of Hong Kong. It's, the it's amazing, isn't it? It's is the greatest chase scene I've ever seen. You guys. Fucking Benny Hill bullshit. Van Damme does not that. know how to dress in any movies. I'm convinced he's never... Oh. I, I'm convinced he picks out all of his clothes because in every movie, he basically starts in the worst possible. Co- I'm not a fashionista by any stretch of the imagination, but even I know that you don't tuck like a fucking like bright windbreaker into you'll cut, tuck your coat into your pants. You know what I mean? Like, and that's how he starts his day. <laughs> uh, just put this here. Here you go. I, I I love that he's in a fucking karate gi until he gets punched once in a fight and then the fucking gi comes off. Yep. And now he's in Muay Thai shorts. How how much of this movie did Mortal Kombat steal? A lot. A lot. The lighting. He's Johnny Cage, man. Yeah. Well, he does the fucking drop split and uppercuts the fucking like gargantuan fighter. Yeah. Yeah, right in the fucking balls. And Stephanie looks at me and she goes, Is that legal? And I look at her and go, It's fucking Kumite. Everything's legal. If Chong Lee kills fucking... a guy and he, and, and he <laughs> yeah. triples uh, Jackson. So I don't pretty sure that and I want to know, like, yeah, you but you can't have and I don't want to put my series hat on for a second. You can't have a tournament that uh, that features paralysis, blatant use of weaponry uh, and, and death by a fighter in this tournament and also have it, f- quote unquote, sanctioned by an international governing fighting body that would presumably <laughs> I just thought would also presumably like be the one that when we were kids and we had karate tournaments, like they were the international governing body of that too. And now I'm just picturing five year olds doing blood sport. That's the remake <laughs> we need. Like, oh, oh my god! Oh, young blood. It was weird. Like, like dudes dead in the ring, and like the the sanctioned officials are just standing around watching. But after the very first match, as soon as there was one spot of blood on the ring they're like get in there and clean that shit up and they're like scrubbing it <laughs> that's right it's, it's, it's like when the one like when the when the one dude dies they all just like like turn away from chong lee i like, shunned him yeah that's that was, where we yeah. draw the line that now to me like i bet you cocaine again someone did like a massive pile of cocaine like this is the emotional gravitas for the movie not jackson and the jacking off of of of, of brotherhood it's not the butt cheeks and 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 the emotional it's not even the uh the the splits on top of hong kong it's when chong lee kills a guy and everyone turns their back on him i don't know why i feel like vince mcmahon's like yeah and then they're gonna turn his back it's such good shit no it's like like, does 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 anybody here have like the idea of like what happens 10 days after blood sport 
where like fucking Jean Claude Van Damme is like walking down the street and it's raining and like fucking the lightning flashes and then Jackson's just standing there and they have a fucking like just moment of embrace like in the middle of the street <laughs> after he's gotten out of the hospital. He's like, I want to suck you so hard. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, that escalated. Yeah. I, I, I didn't say I've thought of that before. Well, no, no, I just bra- thought of it. I just thought of it right now. You know, like what, what's, that, what's that fucking what's that fucking movie with? Um, um, oh God, I can't fucking think of it right Dude, now. I don't know what movie you're about to fucking reference. <laughs> no, there's, there's, a, there's a point of so point of reference. It's the lightning. The lightning is what gets him off. Clearly, <laughs> it's a point of reference here. Hold on, it's Thor: Dark World. Just, he's talking I about. Really I don't oh, the remember that it's, scene it's, in the Godfather so Part Two. <laughs> Like, I'm, talking, I'm talking about the notebook. I love, I love how we oh, start okay. with an orgy of orcs and end with getting sucked off from the notebook. Yeah, I don't remember. Well, like, isn't that, isn't that, that scene in the notebook where like he like, like come, yeah. they like see each other and they like fucking run in the rain and everything? Like that's how I envision like Jackson oh. after he gets out of the fucking hospital oh, in Hong Kong because they had that thing. Is like no matter where you are, no matter what you need, if you need me, I'll be there. And then, like, fucking Jean Claude's calling collect, like, listen, dude, I'm fucking backed up. Listen, man, you gotta stay loose. <laughs> <laughs> See, when you, first of all, that was a good Jackson voice. Second, Thank when you, you said, can you imagine so what happened 10 days later? My thought process immediately went to, so he's back in the military and he's doing his pre military re entry physical screening. So the doctor comes in, John Claude Van Damme sitting on a little bench with his little feet dangling there. I bet you, I bet you because of his mental instability when the doctor was away, he played with everything in that office. He's like, oh, the hammer. And the doctor comes in, he's like, yeah, so you've been to Asia recently, haven't you? He's like, yeah. He's like, so, and did you come in to like a lot of, uh, or perhaps unprotected blood swapping with a lot of people? And he's like, yeah, maybe it's a blood tournament. I, I like, came in. I came into a lot of things when I was yeah. in Hong Kong. He's like, yeah, because this is the '80s, and uh, you have AIDS now. So, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my All god, it's a, a completely different type of blood sport now. <laughs> and then, and then four years later, Frank Dukes is being played by Tom Hanks in Philadelphia. Oh my God! Oh, oh my God! For the blood sport, we have gone. I'm not cutting any of this out. Bloodsport uh, 1.5. So there, there were three sequels to Bloodsport. Philadelphia was not one of them. Uh, they were all they were all directed VHS, and Frank Dukes and Jean Claude Van Damme were not involved with any of them. Oh, probably for the best. Probably for the best, but. Ultimately, okay, gents. Uh, I, we we could we could go on about the cocaine in this movie and all of the things and the potential sequels, <laughs> the Notebook and Philadelphia. That we're not covering. <laughs> we're, we're not doing. It's Even like, though that's really, it's like that scene. It's really like I need you to suck me off. Don't you remember that scene from the Notebook? You and I remember the Notebook very differently. Dave. Very differently. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't think Ryan Gosling uttered those lines in the film. But I'm I'm gonna ask you guys uh, what kind of one wrap up question here to kind of take take Bloodsport home, if you will. Um, we were lucky enough to have reviewed on this show all together, the Highlander. Okay, and I feel like Bloodsport is in the same brotherhood as Highlander. Completely ridiculous, over the top, 
80s action movies. But I, what I would like to do as we go through the show from here on out, we should definitely a keep dipping into these 80s action movies. Like, with no doubt, this is this is good shit. But I would like to start our rankings, our our progressively ever evolving tier rankings of of the the Mount Olympus of shitty 80s action movies. So I ask you here and now, let's go around the table. And I'm going to start with you, Mac. <clears throat> what sits at the top? Which is the better, which is currently the king of the shitty 80s action movie? Is it Bloodsport or Highlander? Mac. So are we talking about, so we're just talking about what we've reviewed to this point. Just Those to this point. Movies. These two yeah, movies. Uh, I'm going Bloodsport. Bloodsport's better. All right. Yeah. Jafar. I'm going with Bloodsport also. Okay. All right. Doc. Top Highlander without question. Highlander without question. Um, I think there's a question to be had there. I mean, both star international (laughs) actors that really don't speak English or know half of what they're saying. True. Um, One, well, you know what? Highlander, active nipple chewing. Well, it's port passive nipple chewing. Yeah. Implied nipple chewing. Heavily Um, implied. Oh, no. Implied titty chewing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Chewing a nipple. He went full titty with that. Both like a pterodactyl, Christopher Lambier. <laughs> like a claw game, he descended on that. Like, <laughs> that's what those quarters are for. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, no, I, no, no. What's your choice for, for the nipple chewing? But ultimately, the only reason I would put Highlander above Bloodsport, and I do is because Highlander had the balls to actually use sexy's 80 saxophone in their movie and you got the queen <laughs> soundtrack but that that that's it and you've got like mm. and, and as far as accents confusion they're both equal in that regard i oh, mean yeah, like definitely it's it's so incredible and it's close but i i am on my mountain putting highlander just above blood sport but i'm interested to put more things on this list think think about the boxes that these movies actually check off here for a second right Mm -hmm. first off completely ridiculous lead actor who can't speak the language of the movie he's really doing right check um extreme you know sexism towards women check also completely um unrealistic we're going to fuck moments right check Check. Um, casual racism oh casual right (laughs) is it casual though is it casual casual. super casual because it's super casual it's like no one actually not any time in any of the movies we've reviewed that have racism does anyone go oh damn dude that was racist they're all like nope that's a normal sentence for someone to say it's not yeah you know um an overabundance of cocaine so much cocaine oh yeah um unnecessarily badass final battle check right i mean we we i mean there's a formula here and we're gonna get there there's so many more we can do and i'm excited to do them all um speaking of excited uh guys we got something interesting coming up next week that is i'm not saying it's the opposite of blood sport because it's also awesome in its own ridiculous way but we're going to be talking about one of the, if not the most iconic wrestlers in history. It's our first entire one wrestler only episode. And who are we going to talk about, guys? Gilbert. Very oh, close. Shit. 
I did Very Undertaker. The, I'm starting man. the wrong type of research. <laughs> the fucking Undertaker. Yes. Dead, yeah. The dead man. The the it's most I, the most iconic dude in the history of the World Wrestling Federation, the WWE. He is uh, one of those rare things that is above so he's he's in so many people's Mount Rushmore, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about his career. We're gonna pick a little bit of fun, <clears throat> have a lot of great times talking about our favorite matches. Are you guys excited to talk about the Undertaker, the Dead Man? Super stoked, okay. you know? Yeah, considerably. So no, I I think it's worth kind of mentioning here, right? So I think my favorite part about this, like legitimately, my favorite part about this episode. Um, for our audience listeners, right? And I think we should put this on social media so people have an idea as we kind of talk about it. You know, uh, privately, we were in a text message group, and one of the things that we wanted to do here was um, we, we wanted to all talk about our favorite Undertaker match. And we had to kind of go back and each of us go back and watch those matches that we individually listed. I fucking love that. I had so much fun watching, you know, um, couple of them i forgot about and just really enjoyed you know watching uh, i think we should kind of list that so that our audience members can kind of like watch the, those matches kind of as we go into it just to kind of get a little bit of you know for, for for those of you depending on how far back you go with wrestling um you know a lot of you might just remember recent undertaker or maybe that's kind of fresh in your mind but you got to go back and fucking watch how this dude just could go for sure anybody and we have a great listing of matches that we chose that I think represent all the different aspects of why The Undertaker is the fucking goat, right? So um, that, that was my favorite thing to do, and I can't wait to talk about it. All right. Well, gentlemen, we're going to do that next week. Uh, one last thing, just because we can't leave anybody else without any doubt in our mind, what is one word that you would use to describe the glory of blood sport. Jafar? Dukes. Like, put up your dukes. Very nice. Very nice. Mac? Uh, unnecessary fucking splits, man. <laughs> Ouch. Doc, one word to describe blood sport. can't stop can't stop that so i'll just say cocaine we'll see everybody next week